Welcome to episode 36 of the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this week I will be going over all of the books released on the 19th of June, 2019, as well as talking about everything else relevant to the world of comic books. So, full disclosure, cuss a lot, and I do drop spoilers, so make sure you're cool with all that. Uh, If you're ready, let's uh, talk some comic books. First, we're going to talk a little bit of news, though, but just a little bit. It's exciting. Exciting as fuck. Did you know that, hey, remember Animorphs? Way back when we were kids and we read those fucking books? We're getting a graphic novel. Confirmed by the creators. Fucking, uh, uh, Michael Grant is gonna be actually doing the the book itself, but it was confirmed by co-creator and wife, K.A. Applegate, via the Twitter. So if it's on Twitter, you know it's true. Guys, Animorphs, graphic novel, imagine the Freaking possibilities. I know that there's been rumors and speculation of a movie for quite some time. That's probably never going to happen. But that may change now because we're getting a graphic novel. So get excited, motherfuckers. That's, that's, a, that's really the only information out there. I don't know who's publishing it. I don't know what label it's going to fall under. I would imagine IDW if I had to guess, but that's just me guessing. So, Animorphs, bitches. Uh, before I get to this big, thick stack of comics that was so fun so fun to read i want to talk a little bit about what the buzz is about hey we should have just called the podcast that huh what the buzz is about Nah. you're right cheers to comics is so much better samuel adam summer ale i'm enjoying it mason are you enjoying mason's back guys you enjoying it oh yeah i am definitely enjoying this fuck yeah man fuck it well it's finally warm out it's been raining in Denver like it's fucking Oregon. All you goddamn West Coast. What are you talking about? It is chilly as hell. Dude. When I pulled in? No, no, no. It is still chilly outside. Even more so on your side of town than mine. It's beautiful. It's a summer day. It's a beautiful summer day. Samuel Adams, not sponsoring this podcast. The books that were released on the 19th. 61919. Good shit. We're going to start with DC this week. And guess what, guys? I'm not disappointed in DC this week. There's a a few books. There is a few books to read. Some of them super thick. Took me a long time to read. But we'll get to that in a second. Let's start out with Nightwing. Nightwing, number 61, City of Blaze. Dan Jurgens, Ronan Cliquet, 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 and Nick Flaherty. Covered by Kyle Hotz. So we know that Backburn, yeah, Backburn, right? Backburn has just been fucking some shit up in Bloodhaven, and a lot of people suspect that it's this chick Melissa doing it. Well, when they realize that Backburn's fucking shit up and here comes Melissa, obviously not her. But guess what? It's her daddy. So we get that moment, and we realize this when uh, the Nightwings, and I say the Nightwings, now we have officially declared Nightwing Gold to be a thing, and that is, uh, what's what's her face? Uh, Colleen Edwards. So Nightwing and Colleen are all up in Bloodhaven shit, saving fires, and they see Melissa, 
and realize, okay, well, you're not doing this. And she says, well, all these other motherfuckers died, but this big giant fire monster said you should run. So then it clicks. Ah, oh, shit. Well, at least it clicked with me. I'm sure it might have taken these guys a second, but can't. <laughs> it's her daddy. So that 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 understand that kind of explains the protection going on there. Well, <laughs> how he's defeated is less than brilliant. Uh, just a good old fashioned fire extinguisher. <laughs> Cause why not, right? <laughs> that's I I am sure there's a lot of people that hated that. I love that. Because that's the most obvious thing. You punch in fire. These motherfuckers are trying to punch a goddamn ball of fire. You don't fight fire with punches. You fight it with a fire extinguisher. So that's that's what goes down in this book. Um, so, but the thing is, is that how could her dead dad be a big giant fire monster? Well, her dead dad isn't actually dead, for one. And two, he's in a coma somewhere and somebody is transferred his conscience into this giant beast so that's that's what we get in this issue this is I, i'm digging this team i'm digging what it's coming out with uh, what it's laying down i like blackburn but uh <laughs> they say he's he's gonna be back so i would imagine so even though they just straight put his ass out with a fire extinguisher <laughs> i don't know how he's <laughs> i mean they figured him out but <laughs> yeah it is what it is it was a great book i dig it let's move on to more bat family Batman, number 73. Tom King, Mikel Janine, Jordi Belair, cover by Mikel Janine. Um, this book made a little bit more sense. And he's... Alright, so, before I start sounding biased and shit, let me just tell it like it is. Thomas Wayne is dragging a knocked-out Bruce Wayne through the desert uh, on horseback. And... Also being drugged through that same desert, along with Bruce Wayne on horseback, is a coffin. Well, as these guys are making their way through the desert, they get attacked by a group called Death in the Desert. Presumably Raja Ghoul's motherfuckers. So they're attacking, Thomas Wayne is just fucking everything up, and he straight up says, Bitch, I am Batman. Because they come at him, and they're like, You ain't Batman, what are you gonna do? He says, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm Batman. Fucks them all up. Fucking whoo, doesn't kill anybody. Like the Thomas Wayne normally would. So I, at least I don't think he killed anybody. But so that would be Batman, right? Eventually, Bruce wakes up. They're all sitting around the campfire. And well, by they're all, I mean the two of them. And really summing up things in 12 pages of dialogue, I could, in Tom King fashion, I could just say... Thomas Wayne says it's time to be a family again. This this is this were the means necessary to go about all this. And Bruce says, Well, how can we be a family? And then he sees the coffin and he's like, Oh fuck. Mom's in there, huh? So they're gonna resurrect her via the Nain pit in a town called Kadim. So that is the mission. Traveling through the desert in the Middle East to go to pretty much another version of the Lazarus pit. because I, I guess the Lazarus pit's not a thing anymore. So there's another one out there, and just guys, fucking, I'm suddenly excited for Batman again now that Martha Wayne's coming back, because she gonna be like Jokery? Because Flashpoint, Joker, she was the Joker on Flashpoint. Oh, dude, I can't fucking wait to see, but knowing Tom King, we'll know it like issue 84, so in like 12 more issues. I don't know, I'm hating, I'm hating right now. I shouldn't be, because for once the book is on and up, 
on an uptick as far as readability goes, but still way too many pages for such little amount of story. I guess that's how you write a 100-issue series, right? Just turn six issues into one? Anyways. More DC. Fuck, I haven't opened any of these books to look at them. Look at me go. This one, though. This is a pretty one. But I'm not going to go through all... I, I can sum this one up real quick, even though it's 80 pages. We got more Black Label bitches. Superman, year one, Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. Just let that creative team soak in for a second. Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. doing a Superman book. Y'all know I don't like Superman. At least I didn't until Brian Michael Bendis. But as learned on the last podcast, I'm suddenly starting to dislike Superman again because it's getting all Brian Michael Bendis-y. Anyways, let's, that's neither here nor there. Superman, Black Label. For the first... I don't know, 70% of this book, I thought, why the fuck is this a black label book? It's supposed to be raw and gritty and, mm, and you know, bat wing, bat dick just swinging and shit. There's no bat dick in this one, no super dick. There's no super dick, so, sorry speculators, even though the book sold out everywhere. Uh, <laughs> this is the origin story of Superman from the get-go. Him traveling into space, arriving in Kansas, but check this shit out, motherfucking accents, that's right, got an accent like you should when you grow up and raised by a fucking bunch of hicks, sorry I could say that because Kansas has yet to listen to my, not, not a single person in Kansas has listened to my podcast, so <laughs> I could say that, because <laughs> I'm not going to lose any listeners at this point, tag a Kansas friend, talking like a bunch of fucking hicks, and just like Superman should. I can understand, as an adult, you lose the accent. I get that. But the fact that Superman has never been written with a fucking hick accent like he should has changed now. Frank Miller, you did it. You did it good. I'm proud of you. That that alone was enough to make me really fucking enjoy this book. Uh, th this book tackles uh, two things. Bullying and rape. And those are the, the main turning points of the book. And yes... Finally, I can't say finally, that sounds terrible of me, but the book does go black label, uh, air quotes, when, when, when the rapiness happens. And it's just brief, it's not graphic or anything, it's uh, a potential love interest of uh, O. Clark, and, um, oh shoot, I should know her name, but I don't, uh, Lana, that's her name, we know that story. So, yeah, uh, she's photographing, <laughs> photographing, because photographing is not a word. Uh, and a bunch of these high school bullies, and Superman, time to show off, bitch, because the whole time he's had it instilled through his dad, don't show off. Yes, you are the shit, but only a cunt would show off. So, well, it turns out, this, Clark didn't necessarily see this as showing off so much as, it's time to, you know, this, this girl, she's in trouble, I'm gonna, you know, fuck these guys up. No more bullying problem from then on out. And from that point on, it's really just Clark trying to determine when or not, when and when not to use his powers. Well, out of high school, instead of going to college, he drops a big bomb on his friend or on his friends, on his family, and says, "I'm not going to college. I'm joining the Navy because I think that I could really do some good." So then, that's that's how that's how this big giant year one issue one ends is Clark getting on the bus to go to join the Navy 
fucking good stuff, man. I really enjoyed this. The art was fantastic. I it's Frank Miller, guys, so I can't put that back together. <laughs> I read go read Superman Year One if you could find a copy of it. Worth it. I guess that I really did only have three DC books to talk about, but super proud of DC. Move on to some indies. This one here is from the deep dark depths of indie comics. I can't even freaking tell you what the name of the goddamn publisher is. Avatar. There we go. The only reason I don't know that is because in my bag of board there's a big warning sticker that says caution. There's tits and ass in this book. Um, so, yeah. That was <laughs> Stitch Terror is a horror book done in... Oh, man. So let me give you an idea of the what the fuck's going on here. Though actually talking about the story. It's essentially the stitched are these mummified motherfuckers. They have every single orifice sewn shut, but before they sew their mouth shut, they pour this black goo into them that preserves them and uh, mummifies them and it essentially just curses them. And then they sew the mouth shut. Well, these things, they, they don't do shit until, get this, uh, a, a tin can with a rock starts rattling. And as long as this rock is rattling in this tin can, these things will eat your butthole out of your mouth. They will fuck you up in the most graphic way possible. And I know this because it's in the book. They fuck some shit up. They don't eat anybody's butthole out of their mouth. But they could, and they would. And as soon as the tin can stops rattling, they're back to fucking being mindless mummies and shit. But... That, that is essentially what's going on here. I could talk about the characters and everything, but I, th I feel like if I started talking about the characters, I'm going to um, give away way too much of the, the graphicness that goes on. Really, there's just a whole lot of fucking banging going on. Uh, <laughs> and a little, a little bit of love story, but it's all... People die. Die real, real nice. Uh, if you could find Stitch Terror, and as a matter of fact, it's I think it's going weekly because there's already another issue coming out this week. So, go get it if you're into that kind of goofy, weird shit. IDW, Samurai Jack, Lost World didn't get canceled. Y'all did your job. Went out and bought the fuck out of this book like I asked you to. Um, Samurai Jack, after two issues in a row of it being perfect, Samurai Jack is in fact back. And I did not mean that to rhyme. I tried to think of other words that didn't rhyme, but that is the blunt gist of it. Samurai Jack is motherfucking back. He's uh, Paul Allure, Adam Bryce Thomas, and uh, Adam Bryce Thomas also did cover A as well. Oh, making me happy, guys. So Jack's in this bar, and he's just having one. He's passing through town, and someone and someone says, well, where are you going? And he says, well, I'm... I gotta go through the empty village, and everyone's like, oh, you don't go through the empty village. No one comes out of the empty village. And After a lot of convincing, Sam pretty, or Sam, Samurai, <laughs> Sam Jack, Jack says, you know, I, I think I'm gonna go through this, this village, this uh, empty village, because I really gotta get onto the others, or get over to this town. Well, after he's going through this village, he's... He's, he's a bunch of ghosts are attacking him. And I say ghosts with air quotes because you don't see what's attacking him. It's like you see cans and 
frying pans and bags of flour just being thrown at him. And you never see what's happening. Jack's struggling. He, he's legit struggling. He's <laughs> chopping at the flour bags and... Yeah. Well, eventually you realize that it is this society of creatures that just want to be left alone. That's, that's all they want. They were cast out from wherever they were from originally, and now they found a place, and they found a way to keep it safe by haunting anyone that tries to go through. It's just that Jack was way too relentless to be scared out. Well, once the two confront... The, the, the group and Sam start talking, they say, well, you can't... Please don't tell anybody about us. You know, we just tell... Yeah, we... we we're finally happy, man. We're finally happy. We'll let you pass if you just don't say anything. Sam doesn't... I keep calling him Sam. Jesus fucking Christ. Jack doesn't agree or disagree to those terms. He's just like, see ya, bitches. And he gets to the next town and everyone's like, holy fuck! How did... You came from there? That's... Dude, how'd you do it? What's your secret? And Jack just pretty much says, I barely made it because it's extremely haunted. So, in the most samurai of ways, he, he, in his noblest manner, he makes it to where he's going, but he, he abides by the, the, you know, gesture, I guess not necessarily gesture, but the, the needs of this other society, and, you know what, these guys are cool, They'll just let them be, just let them be, and I feel that's very Samurai Jack, uh, you're a Samurai Jack, uh, you watch Samurai Jack, right, Mason? Uh I never watched the continued series. I only watched the original. When well, I was there was only episode, or they only did season nine for that one finale a couple years ago. Okay. So yeah, it ended after that. Like they did the eight seasons or yeah, whatever I, I, it was. And I, I understand anybody who's mad at me about that. I understand I am missing out. I just uh, haven't gotten the time. I understand. I was a late bloomer too, man. It's not like I've been a Samurai Jack fan since the beginning. No, the the, the original series I really did enjoy, and uh, I, I that seems like a Jack thing. Yeah, I'll, right. Yeah. You know, he he got where he was going. No more problems for him. But you know, it's just all right. It's all I, about his journey and only interfering in anyone's life if it's for the better of them. Yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah, he's he's he's. That's Only the thing about a samurai. Like that's they're about them. In need. Right. Uh, exactly. Dude, I dig it, man. If you're not reading Samurai Jack: Lost Worlds, you're and you you were ever a fan of Samurai Jack, this is the closest you're gonna get to Samurai Jack happening again. There's not gonna be any more animation continue. They ended it. It's done. So you want Jack? It's right here. Boom Studios. Same as Go Go Power Rangers. Forever Rangers number one. This is a one shot. And guys, uh, Ryan Perot, Eleanor Carlini, Simona D. Gia Felici, pardon my mispronunciation of Italiano, Francesco Maria Martano. Guys, just a bunch of motherfuckers just killed it in this book. A bunch of people killed it in this book. This is the most Power Rangers book I've ever read in my life. It is so amazing. The splash pages are perfect. The, the the colors are beautiful. The the line work is just... Uh, it's the Power Rangers being Power Rangers. They got a Megazord out, and that doesn't work for a second, so then they tank a Zord out. That's not what they call it, but you know what I'm talking about. It's when the Megazord goes roly and turns into a tank. Meanwhile, uh, the whole time they're fighting Alpha-1, and that's... Uh, Alpha-1's just fucking everything up. 
because he wants Zordon. Zordon uh, is believed to actually be more of a, a bad dictator than anything to everyone but the Power Rangers. Everyone just says, this guy's only going to use you, Rangers, once... Once y'all are dead, he's not. There will be no remorse on his side. He'll just replace you with five other motherfuckers that like rainbow colors. So yeah, uh, but Rangers aren't having it. So in order for Alpha One to get to Zordon, puts him in this giant bubble and goes away. Peace, bitches. Then Goldar comes in and says, "No one's gonna fucking kill you but me." Releases the shield, expecting to take on all the rangers on their, on his own. And keep in mind, Rita Repulse had nothing to do with this. He's just on his own whim. Well, rangers, just, they don't even bother with gold. Like, <laughs> bye, dude, peace. Well, uh, when Rita finds out that Goldheart just let the rangers go again, she rips off his fucking wings. So, I don't know from here on out Goldar is going to have wings. That's kind of the staple of Goldar, besides his big Beta Ray Bill face, is his wings. So, um, ah, dude, shit happened. Then the rest of the book is just the uh, Power Rangers dealing with their own high school bullshit in a very Power Rangers manner. It wasn't cheesy, it wasn't corny, it was, it was real. And I respect that as somebody that has constantly said I hate the high school drama bullshit I yeah I'm I'm a, I'm a grown up so this is done well and then at the very end hyper spoiler Tommy in a goddamn kung fu battle with uh fucking Jason so Tommy's back bitches after the whole shot dude this is big this is big Power Rangers done right more indies I think we're on to Image Comics now. Assassination, number four. This book got twisty, twisty. Big old plot twist in this motherfucker. So Kyle Starks, Erica Henderson still killing it. Erica Henderson on the cover. So the remaining assassins are now going after the Hunya family. That's definitely not how you say it, but yeah. So it's one of the three remaining major crime boss families. They think that maybe this, these were the guys that set up uh, Rankin to get attacked. Well, I can... I'm just going to speed through this one real quick. What it comes down to is this whole time, it wasn't any of these other families. Rankin was actually the guy setting up all of these assassins to take each other out. He was the big mastermind behind all of this. So the remaining assassins we have left being... Um, Fucking, you know, let me, uh, it's, we've got Davy, Fuck Tarkington, uh, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Taipon and Smoke, and, well, uh, Chad Fingerman is not a part of this crew, and that's because there, uh, it's believed that he may have killed some, one of these other assassins' wives or some shit like that, so they just say, well, he didn't show up because they figured it'd be awkward. Well, it turns out Chad Fingerman didn't show up because he is actually working for Rankin, and he's trying to take all these motherfuckers out, so it's Chad Fingerman behind this whole thing. Uh, plot twisty. Dig it. Assassination is just fun. It's just a fun book. It's, it's not riveting or anything. <laughs> it's not gonna make you rethink life. It's not, but it is, it's just, fuck Tarkington, enough said. Farmhand, number nine, more image comics, <laughs> Rob Guillory, 
Taylor Wells, farmhand, just guys, fucking dope. The these opening panels are so good with Mayor Thorne and uh, that that guy that fucked up Jed and uh, Zeke in that last issue. Well, he's trudging through the woods and he's he's all shot up, but he's still all right. And Marathorn comes up to him and says, what the fuck did you do? Who gave you permission to... And keep in mind, I don't really like this Jed guy, but he is an integral part to my plan. And nothing shall happen to him. And the fact that you actually tried to lay your hand... You know what? Fuck this. Boom. Cuts his goddamn head off. Ah, that's how the book opens. The rest of the issue is essentially... Uh, people trying to figure out how to keep the farm going with Jed really in a comatose state. He did get fucked up. And uh, Zeke agrees that he will actually stay behind and help out on the farm. And then Mayor Thorne's uh, associate comes in and tries to strike a deal with them. And it's he's definitely super creepy, evil, cliche-looking dude. So, and, and thankfully, the, the other characters of the book recognize that, too. I'm assuming based off of their somewhat reluctancy to take his offer, but... Mm. It, it's a good book. Meanwhile, Marathorn's fucking... Uh, she's able to actually manipulate the minds of all these seated people, and seated people pretty much being ones that Jed has got to, given a, a, a limb or some other means of... Whatever, because, yeah, you know what I'm talking about if you've been reading this book. The plants make things that weren't there, there again. Sight, limbs, butts, whatever you're missing. Judd could fix it with plants. Middle West. Number eight. Scotty Young, Jorge Corona, Jean-François Abuelo. Still amazing. Covered by Jorge Corona as well. So, uh... Abel and Fox have been cast out by Magdalena on account of what Abel just did with his tornado rage. Uh, the rest of the carnies are kind of upset with Magdalena. Why'd you do that? She said, did you not just see all that? That's it's fucked up. It fucked everything up. Well, her brother, what was his name? I forgot. Uh, he, was, he was the creepy old guy in the woods. I think his name was Jedediah as well. But um, he says, well, check it out. His daddy's after him. So, imagine what's gonna happen when these two, the rage monsters, we gotta, we should put up, we should put up, <laughs> the beer's working, guys. We should have probably maybe created some sort of sanctum form, but whatever. It is what it is. Meanwhile, Abel and Vox are out in the woods, barely surviving, and now the new mission for answers is to go after the birth mother who abandoned the family at a young age, so now they're gonna try to track them down. Imagine where this book, dude. Uh, I don't know what Scotty Young's gonna do with this book, but first of all, we still don't know what the pink shit is. <laughs> He's just dragging us along with what the fucking pink shit is. It's just hooked up to every random thing, no rhyme or reason. I don't get it. He he just knows how to draw me in, man. Uh, I was kind of getting tired of the whole dad thing. The dad thing is still a thing, but now they're bringing in the mom. They, didn't even think that the mom was going to be a thing in this. So, I don't know. This is a... They say it's a very teenage-driven uh, uh, audience type of book. I said those words in the, not the right order. But you know what I'm trying to say. Well, I will say for a fact that they drop at least one fuck bomb in here. So, it's not bubblegum by any means. This is for teenagers that 
are thick, thickened with the skin. I dig it quite a bit. Well, we do actually get a moment where, where I'm going to do what I'm going to explain the dad thing for a second. Just for a quick second. He's in a bar. to get it. Oh, man. I don't, I don't want to give away what happens at all, but just to kind of tease you a little bit. Someone decides to criticize daddy's parenting techniques in a drunken bar full of a bunch of goddamn hicks. So imagine what type of fucking chaos goes down in that bar. So, little teaser there. And killer squirrels in the woods. So, a <laughs> couple of teasers, just to get you guys to go out and read this book. Because if you're not reading it by now, you're really missing out on some of the best image all-ages comicking out there. Not all-ages, but rated T for teen and up. That is all I have for indies. I think I sped right through that. But... Good shit, man. The, the, the indie stack was thick this week. Dug it. Let's get into uh, Marvel. Um, I uh, thought I was going to talk about Iron Man. I'm not going to talk about Iron Man. Because I remembered. Don't dig Gil Simone's writing. And this book had nothing to do with anything that I care about, even though it has the War of the Realms. I think I'm just fucking mad that they put a War of the Realms tag on the cover it has nothing to do with the fucking book Deadpool on the other hand that was good number 14 Legacy 314 Scotty Young and Nick Klein this is a War of the Realms tie-in proper taking care of business down in Australia uh, fucking trolls are running shit Ulick and his motherfuckers are just terrorizing the shit out of everything meanwhile Deadpool has teamed up with Captain Outback Nancy Nuke and the Tasmanian Devil, who is Daredevil with a beard. And they're not allowed to say Tasmanian Devil throughout the book because they'll get sued for copyright. And this is all a thing that they... they It's a Deadpool book, so that's no surprise that he lays that out right there for you. Well, as the, the Aussies and Deadpool are somewhat struggling with the trolls, in comes in motherfucking Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Daredevil. So, a few integral parts of the Defenders come in there. So, at this point, we have Daredevil and Tasmanian Devil on the same panel at the same time. And Daredevil, in his lawyery way, says, I think it's best advised that we don't talk to each other without a lawyer <laughs> on account of... Oh, man. This is a great Deadpool comic. I'm so bummed that there's only two issues of Scotty Young and Nick Klein's Deadpool left. This is so great. I... I um, so, check this shit out. Deadpool decides, uh, they're getting fucked up. So in order to defeat you, look, he has this idea, hey, maybe I won't do violence for once. Let me go be all diplomatic and whatnot. Nat 20, bitch. Fucking, why don't y'all go to the Ring of the Lord's Land? <laughs> yeah, the Ring of the Lord's Land <laughs> that they created down in Australia. And y'all just go be trolls in the Ring of the Lord's Land. You look agrees. You know what? That sounds cool as fuck. Let me go do that. So Deadpool's stoked. Check it out. I've got the Australia shit under control. Comes back from Ring in the Lord's Land, and there's a bunch of trolls fucking shit up. And he was like, no, dude, that was, that was Ulick the, the, uh, the Conquerable or some shit like that. I'm Ulick the Unconquerable, the real one. And Deadpool's like, well, I guess Ulick is just like John. <laughs> when troll names. So who knows? <laughs> Dude, ugh. so yeah, no problems not solved in Australia. 
so fucking good. It's classic Deadpool, man. This is a great Deadpool. I don't know who's taking on Deadpool after this, but they got big old fucking size 23s to fill. Because this is good shit. More War of the Realms tie-ins. Number 5, Legacy 660, Journey into Mystery. The McElroys, uh, Andre Lima Rujo, and Chris O'Halloran, Valerio Skiti, and David Carriol on the cover. So Ares has Lausa now, just like you see on the cover there. And uh, the team does catch up to him. And it's fucking, what's his name? Sebastian Druid. He's the first one to confront Ares, and he grabs the baby real quick, and he <laughs> shoves it in the coat, because he's got a magic coat, and he's a wizard. <laughs> oh, man, so cool. Uh, there's no way I can explain it in words as cool as it was drawn out there. I, I, I chuckled at it, even the second time through. Uh, long story short, Ares does get defeated, and he really just says, Guys, it's I don't want this baby. I don't have anything to do with what happens to this baby. I just want to die. And everyone starts feeling kind of bad for him. Oh, bitch. That's that's sad. Why don't you just like, be one of us again? So he does. Or he tries to. So Ares is back to fucking on the good side. Well, what's going to happen when the Queen of Cinders finds out? Well, check this motherfucking shit out. Remember the, the little ghost demons in the old abandoned western town in that last issue? Uh, what was her name? The one that uh, fucking... K uh, Kish... Uh, Kishula. Kushala, uh, just I'm not saying it right. Kushala. Uh, she says, "Well, I well, she professed her, uh, oh well, forever. Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word. She's all about Lhasa. She wants to do whatever Lhasa says. She disappeared. Well, it turns out she was actually pretending to be Cinder the whole time, because if you've been reading Agent New Agents of Atlas, you know the real Cinder is fucking with those bitches. So." Yes, I was always, I was kind of wondering throughout this the whole time, how is Cinder doing this and this? Where does this book fall into all of this? Well, answer, question answered right there. It was Kushala the whole time pretending to be Cinder, put Ares up to all of this to essentially bring them all together. And as it turned out, the whole time, Lhasa was just creating an army by bringing all of these motherfuckers together between the, the ghost demons of the western town, Ares, the, the, the Spider-Man, or Miles Morales, and Kate Bishop, and uh, Thori, and all this other stuff, so. It actually, through five issues, I was upset through the first four issues, thinking, why, why, why does this have anything, just because I threw a god in here, a god baby, what does this have anything to do with the story? Now it makes sense. It was all just a diversion. And at the same time, Lost was creating an army, so you better bet, or at least you would think, that she's going to play a big part in issue 6 of War of the Realms coming up this week. So it's all wrapping up uh, right around the corner, actually. I would say maybe two more weeks of talking about War of the Realms. War Scrolls. Dude, uh, one of the the best books from the whole War of the Realms tie-in so far. Uh, the first couple issues was alright. Extremely... Daredevil heavy and Daredevil throughout this whole thing. It, I, I feel the um, main theory or theme, not theory, theme to War of the Realms has been Asgardians and Daredevil. And what's weird because Daredevil is has not had any tie-ins in its ongoing series, which make does make sense because 
is Daredevil finding himself. So I'm sure all of that takes place before War of the Realms. But, um, so the God Without Fear. There are three mini-stories in the War Scrolls thing. But I'm only going to go through Jason Aaron's. The other two, ah, they were they were pretty cool. One of them involved uh, Doctor Doom, and that's essentially what Doom would we would be doing in the events of Latveria getting attacked by a bunch of goddamn elves, and that's essentially exactly what happens, exactly what Doom would do. And then the other one is She-Hulk, and She-Hulk. This this that that third story essentially takes place during the events of the the um. Uh, Dark Elves uh, Strike Force team, and so this is all before Freya gets captured by Malekith, and while Punisher's still in the mix, and it's pretty much She-Hulk realizing that Freya was her mother-in-law on account of her and Thor banging. So you kind of get that little bit of toe in the water of what it would be like to have Freya as a mother-in-law. But the main story itself, by Jason Aaron, Andre Sorrentino, and Matthew Wilson, is really Daredevil confronting Malekith, facing him one-on-one, face-to-face. Malekith gathers a bunch of blind kids, puts them in a cage, and says, well, this will definitely get Daredevil out of his little... Yeah. Well, how does Daredevil defeat Malekith? He uses the broken rainbow bifrost in two different ways. Uh, he takes the majority of it and blocks out the moon, so it creates a darkness, a pitch blackness. Well, it gives Daredevil the advantage, right? Well, on top of all that, he takes the other part of the broken rainbow by Frost, and he takes all of the shards, and he starts using them as shurikens. And keep in mind, he's a god, so he's not throwing them. He's just being a god and saying all of these rainbow Bifrost parts come hither at this army and you get a bunch of god dude right so fucking badass well after he def uh well seemingly is defeating malekith i started thinking is this ending right here well he brings out curse malekith brings out curse and curse is his his uh pretty much hand and it's just a big old monstrous beast and it's been fucking everything up it has the strength of the hulk and it's godlike abilities. So it's Daredevil versus Curse. Well, Daredevil does not struggle at all because he knows how to take it out. He whispers the Curse's actual name. And I say that because Curse is actually a shell and it's being piloted by the spirit of, well, I guess I could tell you. Her name is Lady Wizara? Wizarda? I can't say it right, but it's, it's like wizard with a ra. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> but uh, he just whispers her name, and Curse just starts weeping, and Malekith like, well, that's uh super shitty. So Malekith at this point doesn't he, he holds back none, and Daredevil realizes that if what Malekith is getting ready to do, he needs to get the fuck out of there because he he can't he can't handle this. So he with all of his remaining will is able to somehow make the long forgotten Bifrost usable. And he take he transports he and don't forget the blind kids to safety. Well, and safety is in Manhattan. As soon as he gets into Manhattan, you hear Cap on the radio and says, "Check it out." Eyes on Laffy, without hesitating, picks up his sword and it's time to go take out the King of the Frost Giants. 
dude, Daredevil has been the best part of this fucking entire... You think it would be Thor? Thor's been badass, too. Don't get me wrong. You gotta see Berserker Thor and all of that stuff. Daredevil, I don't know how long we're gonna keep the... I would imagine that his godlike abilities are taken after the story's done. Because, you know, it's it's fun for now. But I think if this is just canon from here on out, that Daredevil is godlike... It's just way too fucking OP, man. Way too OP. Dig the fuck out of it, though. The And like I said, that was just one of the three mini-stories throughout War Scrolls. So go out and read War Scrolls 3. It, it, it really was worth the read. Major implications to what's happening in War of the Realms. So it is a proper tie-in. It's not, yeah, it's not Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Read it. Uncanny X-Men, number 20. Matthew Rosenberg. Uh, Salvador La Roca and Guru Effects on the co Colors. Wills Protasio and Eric Arcianega did the cover. This. <laughs> Two more mutant deaths. Fucking dope. Fucking dope. So it starts out with the X-Men. They're called to a scene. There's a bunch of dead bodies. And these dead bodies are the nasty boys. Well, they realize Cyclops imme immediately realizes this is a trap. And they're being trapped by these motherfuckers. They're pro-mutant, uh, anti-human. Uh, yeah, you know how the whole mutant thing goes. Cortez, what are, uh, Fitzroy, Shinoba Shaw, and then some other lady mutant who they never actually name. They're uh, there to kill the X-Men. doesn't go well. Uh, Havoc fucks everyone up and yeah well before shinobi shaw is placed under arrest he's a phaser type of guy so he has the ability to phase is what i mean to say he holds up his hand and he puts it to his head and he phases his own goddamn brain you see the blood coming out of his eyes and he kills himself because he doesn't want to submit or kneel i guess if you will but yeah one mutant dead Let's get on to the rest of it. Uh, Dark Beast exclaims, Check this shit out. I fixed the vaccine, and we don't even have to fucking inject anyone. We make this motherfucker airborne. And the vaccine being the anti-mutant vaccine. Now, all these kids, anyone, uh, as they're born, they're injected with the vaccine, and, um, and now and everyone else, all these other kids are, yeah. Well, the thing is, is if it just so happens that while a kid is being injected, at the same time that the mutant gene decides to rise up, the kid just fucking dies. Or goes and... Yeah, yeah, he dies. So, it's all the more reason for Cyclops and crew to create this uh, anti-vaccine, if you will. Dark Beast does that. When the rest of the X-Men find out that Cyclops gave Dark Beast the ability to... Uh, <laughs> the, the, the means to pretty much a terroristic... Uh, chemical i'm like what the fuck are you doing man that was crazy as fuck this guy this is dark beast this isn't blue beast this is dark beast with goddamn octopus legs <laughs> he's mean and he's a prisoner of ours i mean that was pretty stupid well he says look i did it dark beast fixed everything we're gonna put this shit out in the air and before you know it uh people are gonna be injecting their kids for no reason at all well after a day or two, Captain America shows up, sits on a bench with Cyclops, and says, 
dude, you you realize that like five kids have gone into a coma, and I know what you did. Cyclops says, well, yeah, we fixed everything, but what are you talking about with this coma bullshit? And so they go to Dark Beast and say, what's up with this coma bullshit? And he says, well, if parents are still willing to inject their kids, uh, I, I kind of made it so that this vaccine... Uh, every once in a while, like, I don't know, like 10% of the population, is, is these kids are just gonna go into a coma. And they're like, what? That was fucking super mean! And Kitty Pride, or not Kitty Pride, Magic, sorry. Without hesitation, no trial whatsoever, cuts his fucking head off. With magic. Dark Beast is also dead. Matthew Rosenberg's killing all the mutants, and I fucking love it fucking love it. The last page is Emma getting into the head of Cyclops saying, look, uh, General Callahan, he's not on my side as much as I thought. Well, she didn't say that, but that's actually what that did happen throughout the pages of this book. She gets a hold of Scott, who apparently has no recollection of who Emma Frost is, and says, I need your help. Bum, bum, bum. And keep in mind, Wolverine just tried to fuck her up, too. Because he's all after that bitch. This is another great Uncanny X-Men issue. I, I dig it quite a bit. And I like that Matthew Rosenberg is taking it upon himself to just kill everyone he possibly can. Knowingly, knowing that uh, um, fucking Hickman's rebooting it all. Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 7. Legacy 247. Saladin Ahmed. Javier Garon, Ron Atkins, Alita E. Martinez, Vanessa R. Del Rey, and Dave Curiel whole bunch of motherfuckers made this book. Covered by Patrick O'Keefe. So, Miles... There, there's... This is actually a pretty straightforward Spider-Man type of story. Miles goes to Uncle Aaron. Uncle Aaron says, I'm not a criminal anymore. Miles says, well, how are you... Uh, how'd you do that? Because last I knew, you were terrorizing the fuck out of people with the iron spider suit that you stole. He says, well, I don't have to be a criminal anymore because I sold it back to Tony Stark and he paid me a pretty penny so now I'm just chilling, dog. So that's cool, right? Meanwhile, he gets spider senses and says, I gotta go, Unk. And he takes off and there's this big explosion and while he's running to the explosion, we see a former champion, Bombshell. So we have a dialogue with Bombshell for a bit. Well, uh, after he solves all of that, it's like this giant robotic spider thing. They fix that shit off to dinner with the parents and he goes to dinner with the parents and boom another big bombshell i didn't mean to use that word in two different ways in the same goddamn explanation sorry guys he's having a baby brother according to his parents so that's kind of big news right spider sense is tingling gotta go new villain that's this book we don't know who this new villain is he has spidey all tied up says I'm pretty sure you're gonna comply he's blue and electronic and phasey and fast and I don't know what his power is it's but we don't have a name yet I would say this is a first cameo appearance technically since they're not giving a name I don't know what the rules are everyone's gonna argue about it but yeah new new villain so this is a key issue minor key issue for now until he makes a big screen so that's Miles Morales Spider-Man Daredevil Daredevil number seven legacy 619 uh, Chip Zarsky, Lalit Kumar Sharma, L uh, Jay Leaston, and Java Tartalia. Sorry. Chip Zarsky did the cover. Yeah, he draws too. Kingpin. This is a fucking goddamn Kingpin story, motherfuckers. Kingpin is holding a meeting in a vault 
why do you do it in a bank vault? Well, for one, he knows people. Two, what's well, safer than a bank vault? And three, if y'all motherfuckers don't like what I have to say in this bank vault, y'all ain't going anywhere. <laughs> so, that's Kingpin, guys. Kingpin. This is my shit. It's my shit. So, Kingpin. Good job. So, Kingpin's meeting is saying, look, Daredevil's not a thing anymore. I ain't a bad guy. I don't have to be a bad guy anymore. What about all the people that are dressed like Daredevil running around right now? I don't feel it. I don't feel they're Daredevil. I don't feel like they're a threat. I feel that I am going to dissolve my crew, split them evenly amongst all you other motherfucking crime lords, and as long as you obey and don't be too crimey as mayor, and that's all I'm going to be now, is mayor... And not a bad guy. Y'all just kick me a little bit to the side. <laughs> like, that's not a bad guy, but I guess that's just politics, so I guess, yeah. I'm gonna allow all this. Yeah. Yeah, but this is Hell's Kid. This is uh, part of New York. Also, New York. Yeah. Uh, like, maybe New York more in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. But just uh, beautiful throughout. Well, then we transfer over to the Daredevil part of the story, and he's just trying to lawyer. And his next case is this guy, and he says he's explaining his ways, and he's very blunt. Oh, look, I'm a bad guy this way. I got caught dealing drugs, but it's not nearly as bad as what my brother was doing. Uh, or and Daredevil says, or Matt Murdock says, well, you probably shouldn't be telling me this. And he's like, what does it matter? My brother's dead. Daredevil killed him. And it's like, oh, fuck. This is a family member of the dude that I supposedly killed that sent me into this whole tizzy to not be Daredevil anymore. I gotta go. So he takes off, and he has a moment with a nun at the church like he normally does, only this time he doesn't even want to go in. He doesn't go into confession or anything like that. He's just, he doesn't know how to go about this because he knows at this point if he would actually say... You know, fucking kill him, motherfucker. There's no Hail Marys for that. They call the cops on your ass. <laughs> uh, he has a moment where he pretty much has to think, well, what do I do? I, I'm not going to go back to being, you know, Daredevil's not a thing anymore. So he, the next time we see Daredevil is, uh, well, we get this montage of just a bunch of crime happening and nobody's taking care of it. Well... Daredevil's overlooking the city. It's not Daredevil. I keep fucking that. It is not Daredevil. It is Matt Murdock. And he's just in his studio apartment being super sensitive to all of the goings-abouts of the city. And he's just constantly on the phone. I like to report a crime. I like to report a rape. I'd like to report a mugging. And that's all he's doing now. But it's, it's crazy to think. Kingpin retires. And he's... He's not being Kingpin anymore, but he's still very much being Kingpin. Daredevil retires, and he's not being Daredevil anymore, but he's still Daredeviling. That's... God, the message is there, right? Ah, oh, I love it. This was... I was a skeptical on issue six, because really nothing happened in issue six. It was just confirming that Daredevil's not Daredevil. This is a story about Daredevil not being Daredevil. And that Cherry being Kingpin... It's good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Last book of the overviews. It's Guardians of the Galaxy number 6. Legacy 156. Donny Cates, Jeff Shaw, and Dave Curiel. Covered by Dave Marquez and Dean White. So, the Dark Guardians join up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. 
There's no need for explanation there. It's it's obvious. Take out Hela because she has Eros and motherfucking Thanos's conscience is trapped in him. If she fulfills her plan, then Thanos will be back. So, let's all team up. So we got Cosmic Ghost Rider and fucking... Uh, they're all back together. All of them. All of them. Nebula. All with a common goal. And Gamora, more than anyone, is just, I'm going to kill Eros. Quill says, oh, you probably shouldn't do that because it's Eros. It's just, and he's still your uncle. Don't kill your uncle. He's just a shell. You're, if we can fix this and get Thanos' conscience out of there, you won't have to kill... No. She fucking kills him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck what Quill says. Fuck what Quill says. I'm just gonna kill him. Well, Hela, I mean, she did, because the the shell is gone before the transformation could be complete, when uh, we, we see Thanos, we see Thanos again, and he comes out, but as he's coming out, he's like, ah, I am Thanos, and Hela's like, well, he's fucking tarted, this didn't work, that sucks, <laughs> uh, time to plan B. Boop! Thanos just explodes. <laughs> but all the Guardians get away, and the Dark Guardians, so they're all back on the ship. And really, the, the next half of the book is them deciding... Oh, by the way, uh, I, I guess I forgot, Cosmic Ghost Rider. He was under the, the power of Hela, and he, he just couldn't take it anymore, so he crumbles to dust and goes to hell. And he meets Johnny Blaze there, and Johnny Blaze says, Want a race? To be continued in issue 21 of the Avengers. <laughs> We're going to see... Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider <laughs> race Johnny Blaze for some reason. I don't know why they put that in there, but I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. It's just Donny Cates, Donny Catesing. It's cool. But uh, back at the ranch, we see all of the Dark Guardians and the Guardians pretty much deciding who's going to be a part of the team. And most peop- most of them are like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Nebula tries to join, and Gamora says, bitch, <laughs> no. <laughs> so Nebula is not a Guardian. And, uh, well, everyone's like, all right, well, cool, we got a team here. And the team is, at this point, Groot, Quill, Moondragon, Philovel, Beta Ray Bill, and Lockjaw. Pretty dope, right? But what about Rocket? And that's how the book ends. What about Rocket? And I know there's been a whole, uh, little bit, not a whole, a little bit of solicitation out there, and I think that they stopped solicitating it, solicitating it, soliciting it because of the uproar about it. You know, nerds get... Death of Rocket was a hashtag for a while, or Rocket's dead, or something like that. Well, that hasn't been circulating anymore. Uh, Rocket? Dead? Maybe. I don't know. So that was the overviews of the week. I dug it quite a bit. Um, I have to go get a beer, but in the meantime... You obviously enjoy listening to this podcast. Well, made it this far. So what if I told you that you could actually get paid to listen to the Cheers to Comics podcast? Well, I'm here to tell you that you can get paid to listen to the Cheers to Comics podcast. All you have to do is get on your fancy little device and download the PodCoin app. That's right. PodCoin allows you to get paid. So whether you're an iPhone user or an Android user, it's available to either market. They don't discriminate. So yeah, get on there. Download the app 
for free. The app is 100% free. There is no gimmicks. There are no catches. Just listen to the podcasts like you normally would. We're not the only podcast on there, but you got to listen to us first. That's the deal. Uh, I'm going to give you 300 coins for doing it. Uh, all you got to do is use promo code COMICS. That's right, comics, pretty easy to understand and remember. And boom, 300 coins right off the bat to get you started. And you could be on your way to earning coins towards gift certificates like Target and Starbucks and so many others. I can go on forever, but I just had to pick two. And uh, But if you, if you don't want gift cards, you don't want to deal with any of that, you can also give it away to charity. There's plenty of charities available. You could just say, hey, I want to donate all of my coins to charity. And they translate it to... Uh, real money and give it away to dogs or starving people or what, whatever tugs on your heartstrings. That's what I do with it, actually. I, I give all my coins over to the charities. It's just, I just find it easier. I feel better about myself, but I'm not judging you if you'd rather have a coffee. So, the fact is, you gotta go to PodCoin. You gotta download the app and then just continue about your normal podcast listening ways. And you start uh, doing that right now. Remember, promo code COMICS to get you started with 300 coins. So, uh, after all of that, I I did, I did read a few other books. Or uh, This is the honorable mention section is what I'm trying to say. And these are the books that didn't quite make the overview list. Some of them I read, some of them I didn't. So, let's start with Scout Comics. Crucified number one. So this is a book that I was very much anticipating, and I had a very hard time tracking this book down until about 12 minutes before I drove home to Cerebro to record. So I did get a copy of it. Essentially, this is a hitman who gets his, uh, when he learns his next target, has Jesus powers. Jesus is back, bitches, and the hitman's after him. I like it. That's just a book for me. I don't know. I, I, I thumb through it, and the art is unique and cool, and I just, I don't know. It sounds fun. Uh, DC Comics Honorable Mention, Justice League 26. This was uh, James Tinian IV doing James Tinian IV-y stuff. I didn't get anything out of this story, to be perfectly. I don't want to sound mean or negative or anything, but I read it twice, and I can't think of anything I got out of this story that I didn't already know from issue 25, so it happens. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man and the League of Realms. This this rounded up this three-part series pretty well, actually. It's just, I don't know. There, it, it, it was okay. I think I could have spent about 40 seconds tops talking about this book. Uh, more Spider-Man. Uh, City at War, it's the video game Spider-Man that... I'm not reading yet. Maybe one day. I I actually see a lot of people going after this book. It's sold out. I, I don't know about necessarily issue number four, but the the first three issues seem to all be sold out. Wolverine Infinity Watch number five. Uh, the it's just Wolverine and Loki. I I haven't got this far yet. I read the first two issues and decided that if there were ever weeks that I needed to speed things up a bit. <laughs> Uh, Wolverine Infinity Watch would be able to take a book out of my pull list to not have to talk about to... Yeah, you, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, fucking Valiant. Psylord's number one. Um, hmm. I hate to say this. This is the biggest disappointment of the week for me. Disappointment of the week for me. 
because I really wanted to like this book a lot. But it was just dull. I don't know. I think if you're going to try to bring back Psylords, you fucking make it exciting. I, just, I don't know, man. I, I think they could have done better is all. Uh, we've also got issue 14 of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Urban Legends. Uh, yeah, you, you know what's going on there. It's the story retold, but they haven't got to the part yet where they're going to finish it. That'll be at issue 26 is when they'll finish it from 26 to 30 because, yeah. Dark Horse Comics, American Gods, The Moment of the Storm, number three. I very much liked issue one, and then I realized that it, I feel it's... I feel, I can't say for certain, but I feel like it's going to be super spoiler spoilery to season two of the show. And I'm not watching it on a weekly basis, any, basis anymore. I'm going to watch it all in bulk. So I don't want the comic to give anything away from the show. So once I've finished season two for the show... I'll, I will read uh, The Moment of the Storm from American Gods. Sandman Universe, Lucifer, number nine. Lucifer is just a great comic to read. It's super difficult to explain without... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sounding stupid, I guess. It's Lucifer, man. Sandman, you know what's up. Oh, that's all I got for honorable mentions. It's time for the wall books now. The wall books are all the pretty shit. The shit I buy just for the cover art. And... I did buy two issues of Tony Stark Iron Man number 13 this week because of that Clayton Crane variant. That shit is just fucking next level, man. You got Galactus as the villain. I just noticed that Silver Surfer's in there. Spider-Man is really the main focal point along with Iron Man down there. And you see the Fantastic Four as well. And just some random bitch screaming in the opposite direction. Clayton Crane is... That dude's so good, man. I, I really, really dig his art. I wish I could find that in a virgin. Uh, ba -ba -da, Deadpool number 14. Mark Brooks killed it with this fucking Iron Spider variant. It's That, that is beautiful. It's a fucking beautiful goddamn book. And last but not least, for the wall books, Ben Oliver on Batman 73. That is... I don't... Uh, I don't even uh, you know I'm just gonna transition into top picks and say this is the cover of the week because that's that's fucking amazing man that I just like the way Batman's drawn there it's it's dark it's dark you see no face you just see like a side profile on his goddamn super spandexy suit so many pockets I love it that's my cover of the week my interiors of the week though my interiors of the week are going to have to I don't know. I don't know, you know what? I know it was an indie book. I'm just trying to think of it. Fucking uh, Power Rangers. Go, go. And not just necessarily for the the brilliant, I mean, the technical side of the art, so much as it brought me back, just like Samurai Jack did. But uh, this was, I've been reading Power Rangers for about a year and a half now, and this is the first time where I really felt fucking Power Rangers here. So, yeah, um, uh, what's her name? Goddamn, Carlini. You get my interiors of the week. That was just amazing. Watching the Megazord come together felt like I was watching the Megazord come together. So, my overall book of the week, though, I had it in my head and I forgot it. Um, Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool gets it. Uh, I, there, th this was actually a really tough decision. Because every single book on here it is 
is worthy to actually be in question for was it good enough but Deadpool just it felt so Deadpool to me I it was it was that I really like how they keep bringing in Daredevil into a lot of this and Scotty Young writing Daredevil I think is what and just that one line I think we should have attorney an attorney present <laughs> I love it I dig it so much so those were my my picks of the week faux show so for any longtime listeners out there you know it usually in this part of the show I'll go through and I'll talk about all the books coming out next week but I'm going to try something new and not do that this week. <laughs> um, we'll just see. I don't know. I'm going to mull it over. And if I get yelled at, I'll come back with it. But this week, I'm not going to. In the meantime, y'all motherfuckers, enjoy the rest of your week. I'll see you at episode 37. Cheers, bitches.